Hey now, have you ever wondered how you get someone to work with you even when it may not be top of mind for them? We've got the answer for you on this episode of The Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo, I'm the godfather of growth and today I'm gonna show you how to pull a Jedi mind trick. I'm gonna show you how to get people to invest in you because you have their best interests at heart. So I'm here with one of my best friends in the world, Nikki G. Hi, Nicola, how are you? Hi, Dave, I'm great, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. So, what we're gonna do today, Nikki G, is I'm gonna walk through the process that you and I went through that kind of got you interested in you and I working together. Because you were fine, you were happy as a clam, working in the legal world, doing your thing, hitting people in the mouth, making money for it, and you're good, you're really good, you're, you're an excellent litigator. But along came this guy with the big mouth and he said something and the next thing you know, you're on a podcast and the next thing you know, you're talking to CEOs and I mean, what the hell happened there? Well, we're gonna take a step back and we're gonna look at the entire process that you and I went through together. And it's not like it was some sort of, you know, I used the term Jedi mind trick at the beginning. That's not what it really was. What it really was was two people talking about their goals and understanding that we could help each other achieve our goals. And that's what a really great business development process, a really great sales process is. But what we're gonna do now is we're gonna get really, really technical. You and I have talked a lot on the show here about you know the emotional aspects of it and how much we like each other and how much we like working together. And that's still true, it's always gonna be true. But there was a real step-by-step -step process that we followed in order to get to where we are now in our business relationship. So the first thing that happened was I asked you what your goals were for yourself and your goals for the future, right? And how did that conversation go? Do you remember? I do. I do. I, I told you that, first of all, I, I, the things I really enjoy doing is something that I shared with you. So you, yes, I, I love the practice of law, but what I really shared with you was why do I love the practice of law? What is it about the practice of law that I really enjoy and what do I want to do moving forward? And the thing I shared with you was that I really enjoy presenting in court. I enjoy presenting in front of an audience. That was something where like that is the thing I love the most about what I do is having the ability to be in front of a room to present, to be able to help persuade. That's a skill set I have and I really enjoy that space. I also shared with you how much I love being able to meet new people and to network. Like that's always been big for me. I'm really big on relationships, building relationships and business development. So it's something where I've always done this. I enjoy it. That's why I really love being a business owner because I get to do that all day. <laughs> something that I enjoy. And the third thing I shared with you that was important was it doesn't always have to be about the law for me. I, I have a passion for the law, but when you ask me kind of like long term what I might do, the answer isn't just just practicing law. And I think that surprised you the most. So I asked you what your goals were and I asked you what got you fired up about the practice of law. And when you told me it was being in front of people and making things happen, I thought, okay, well, there are other ways to do that. But if you 
have a passion for the law, then it makes sense for you to continue to, to do what you're passionate about. So the second thing I asked you was why this was important to you personally. So what about getting up in front of a room full of people in a courtroom or getting up in front of a judge or getting in front of people who had some sort of authority? What, what about that? What was important to you personally about that? What's important to me is that I know that I can help others by being in that position. Like I'm very effective at helping others and I know that as a platform that allows me to be effective. And there's also something that I came to realize, I wanna say, I don't know, maybe six or maybe even longer than that, eight months in about you being extremely intelligent and persuasive and you using that intelligence and that persuasive ability to help other people. So you said help others. But one of the things I recognized in the best way possible was that your ego, you had this need to make sure that you used all the gifts you had to help other people. It wasn't just good enough for you to give somebody directions. You had to put them in the back seat of the car and drive them to the place that they were going. It wasn't just enough for you to do the bare minimum. You wanted to demonstrate everything that was that was good. Is that fair? Yeah, you described it well. You described it as mastery. I, I, I do. I absolutely love to be able to provide a very comprehensive roadmap to others when I'm working with them. The third element was what has had held you back without really asking you. I never came out and said, Nicola, what's held you back from doing this so far? But we've had many, many conversations about your career and things that were going on in your career. and working on big cases, but maybe being second chair in big cases, you know, working with other people in big cases. And you have been in a profession where there's a culture, a very much a culture of paying your dues before you get pushed out in the front, pushed out into the spotlight. So without even having to ask you what has held you back, it's the culture of the practice of law where, oh, you're only a sixth year lawyer, you can't do that yet, despite how intelligent you are, despite how much experience you have, despite how, you know, how many different times you've been in front of decision makers. No, 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 that's just the culture of the practice of law. So if I said to you, what's held you back? I mean, would that be fair to say that it's just the practice of law, that's just the way it is? You don't get to be in the front of the courtroom until you've checked off a certain number of boxes. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and you know, I would add that it's also having the right person or persons around you that will give you those opportunities and push you forward when they know that you can get there. Yeah. I mean, that's... and That's, that's not easy to find. Well, and that's what... That's the next step, right? The next step is... Hey, if, if there could be a way for us to work together, for you to leverage your skills, your knowledge, your experience to help other people and take the lead in helping other people and develop mastery of anything you wanted that was important to you in doing that, how would that help you? How would that 
fit into your life. And, you know, this was an interesting thing because I could see you going to work and thinking about this and thinking about it and thinking about it. This is not something that overnight clicked. This is something that I think it had to take root. And then I could see you in real time comparing and contrasting while you're working through your cases or managing your practice and all the administrative stuff and you thinking, this is not allowing me to do what I'm great at, but this is. Uh, I mean, talk to folks about that specific aspect of it. When we talked about, hey, if there was a way for you to leverage all this talent that you have and be in front of people and bring out the best in others, and you could do it every day, and you, you didn't have to do it once every eight months when a case goes to court, is that something that, that, you know, what would that mean to you personally? Talk about the mental process of working through that. Sure. So the more I sat down when we parted from our conversation and thought about it, the more I kept getting excited about the idea. Because, look, the, the, the real deal about the practice of law, as anyone knows out there who has worked with lawyers or who are lawyers, it's a grind. It's an absolute grind what we do. It's not like there's no reason to sugarcoat that. It's a very difficult way to make a living. But those of us who do it, especially litigation work, do it because, you know, we we really love some aspects of the practice. No one loves every aspect of the practice, but we love some aspects so much we're willing to go through that because we know how much we enjoy it. So this prospect and this idea of you can do the things that you really enjoy and remove you know, some of the very difficult elements of the practice, which really wear you down. It's the difficult adversaries. It's the, the difficult hearings, the difficult motions, the things that add so much stress to you. If you could remove some of that and do what you're enjoying every day and still be advising on the law, dealing with risk and exposure and providing your expertise in those areas, you know, that's really something that made me pause and give a lot of thought to this where I've never done that. And the entire time I have been practicing law, I never thought, is there something that, that I could enjoy, you know, even more than what I'm doing now? So I really had to consider it. I knew I shouldn't say no, but I had to sit down and, and really think through that before coming back to you with an answer. Let's take a step out of this and uh, thank you for your candor, Nicola. And let's look at the five-step process that this followed and I'll be honest with you, I didn't plan this. This was not something that I said, okay, now I'm gonna do step one with Nicola. Okay, check, step one is done. Now I'm gonna do step two. It's just what I do. And when I discover things in people and areas where I can help, it's my nature to offer help to them, but this is how you sell, okay? So step one in the process is understand what people want. So in that sense, when you and I had the conversation about what your goals were or what you wanted from your career, I didn't take away you wanted to set precedent in the practice of law. You didn't want to argue a case before the Supreme Court. You didn't want to have specific mastery of a constitutional issue so that you could become a professor somewhere. You didn't want, like so many other people want, to get enough experience so that you could become a judge. None of that was there. What was there was, I wanna be able to 
leverage the skills, the knowledge, the talent I have to help people. I, w I really want to be able to help people get the end result they're looking to get. And I like to do that by being in front of the room and advocating and making a case. So that was step one. What, what are your goals? But not just physical goals, but what emotionally is fulfilling for you? Right. I think I think we I right, think we would right. I think we would agree on that. And then step two was for me to understand why this is so important to you personally. There is there's nothing without personal commitment. So even if you're selling tires to someone for their car, there's a famous Michelin commercial. In fact, many of the commercials that Michelin did has done over the years have included families and babies getting it, putting the baby in the car, or they even had one commercial where there were just tires and like a baby crawling around in the tires. And their slogan was, there's so much riding on your tires, right? Why are buying better tires important to you? Because if you're doing 70 miles an hour on the highway and you got crappy tires, there's a chance you're, you could have a blowout and kill the kid in the back of the car. That's what they want you to think. That's why it's important to you personally. So in your case, Nicola, why is it so important for you personally to be able to help people and advocate for them and leverage the mastery of all the information that you have? Well, I think that comes a lot from your from your background and from your upbringing. I think that's I think that's interwoven into your DNA. That's part of who you are. It really is. It really is. You know, I, I've often said this when people ask, like, why I do what I do is because I like to feel fulfilled. I like to work and I like to help people. And it's important to me that I have a job where I feel fulfilled every day and it challenges me every day. And I happen to fall into the law because it checked all those boxes. You know, it allowed me to work with businesses. And as you know, from my background, like that was really important to me, like having like watched a small business built from the ground up out of nothing and those challenges. And I knew that I wanted to help businesses and do something in the professional space that would really allow me to get a very high sense of fulfillment out of it. And then the third element was what's held you back? Because if you want to sell somebody on something, you have to share with them how you're going to remove the barriers, right? So what's held you back? And in your case, I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff and there's, and there's a lot that we have in common over the years that like basically both of us are unemployable now. We can't work for anybody else anymore. So that's, you know, the people that we worked for probably held us back quite a bit. But in your case, it's the industry that you that you were in, the, the, the legal industry, you know, a bunch of old fat white guys saying, hey, you can't do this until you're a seventh or eighth year lawyer. There's there's a hierarchy here. You got to pay your dues and all that's a bunch of crap. It's absolute crap. It's it's just a construct they've created because that's all they know. But in your case, it was the industry norms that were holding you back from doing things that you probably could have done years and years ago. And you've said more than one time something that occasionally I find flattering, but I don't think is 100% true. And what you've said is sometimes it just takes you finding the right person who can get you to where you want to be. And while I take that to be, okay, fine, maybe, you know, I've helped you unlock something in yourself that allows you to do things you haven't been able to do, that was always there. You always had that. 
you didn't need me, you didn't need anybody else to bring that out. But what we do for each other is we give each other the permission to go and do that stuff. I think that's a better way to phrase it. And that was the third element of this is what was holding you back was the industry norms. And simply put, we've just given each other permission to not worry about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I like using that word. I like permission. That's great. It's, um, it's unusual to, for see, to, to see someone. I, told, I shared this with you early on. It's unusual to see a lawyer who has a lot of business interests, who's not just practicing law. Like That's not the norm. There's a lot of things that I, I do that are not the norm because I just have a different background and experience and a passion. And that lends itself to wanting to have other business interests. And when you align with people who, and I kind of want to say too, like it's that you give them permission, but you also have the ability like to push them when you see that they're able to do something, like they have the skills, that they have the capabilities. And it kind of like, you want somebody to say, let's do this. You know, and having somebody do it together with you makes it even more powerful. You need to surround yourself with those people. I've always believed in that. And I've had those people in my life who've kind of like pushed me forward a little bit more despite what norms may be they're holding you back. Sure, sure. And then the fourth step is understanding how this will help you personally, and that's how we get commitment. So once you see the value in it, how will this help you personally visualize what your life will be like when you have this as part of your life? That's how we get commitment. And you and I have had a conversation, we've had it here on the show about the monthly revenue goals that we have in the short term and what we think the goals for our business are for the long term and understanding what that means personally. I mean, it's not about the money as much as it's about just options and freedom and the ability to spend your time having fun while you're helping people and making money. And that to me is that to me is everything. And I think we share that. I think for you, that is everything too. Because and, and here's the thing, right? If I had said to you when we first met, hey, what if you and me we can spend every day having fun, making a lot of money, and doing exactly what we want to do, you'd be like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> but because we've worked through this process. And when we get to step four and set, and we can look and say, hey, how does this benefit you personally? Now you've got the buy-in. You can see it. You can see it. I mean, at breakfast two weeks ago, we were there. You saw it. We were having fun. And there is a clear path to making money so that this could be something that we're doing. We're not going to be in front of an audience every day, but it's something that we could be doing where we're really enjoying ourselves and making enough money so that we have options to do what we want to do when we want to do it and we can help as many people as we possibly can. I mean that was that's that step 4 is how it's going to benefit you personally and I think 2 weeks ago at breakfast is when it kind of clicked. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, it absolutely did. It absolutely did. We saw it, we felt it. It was something special, it was something exciting. You start to realize maybe there's something that I you know I could be doing that's a lot more enjoyable and it's still making money. Like you're, you're, you're having fun 
working on business. That, that, that to me is so attractive. That's again why I really paused when you first brought this up because we were already having fun. We were having fun when we built a professional networking group together. After you convinced me to do the podcast, I was like, this is so much fun. Imagine if we're making money together and we're doing these same activities. Like, that's awesome to me. Hanging out with someone who's a really good friend, having fun with that person, and finding a way, finding a way to monetize that, I'd be a fool to say no. Yeah, no, no. And then number five is just asking. Do you want, is this something you want to do? Or what I do in my business is say, do you want help? So is this, you know, after we clarify all that stuff, do you want help getting there? And in our case, it was, and this was by design. I will admit to this part being by design, there were incremental asks. I never, with you're not the type of person that you can spring something big on immediately and not have huge shock. <laughs> so there were incremental asks over time. <laughs> And there will continue to be incremental asks over time. There will never be one big, hey, let's do this tomorrow. Here's a ticket. Let's go. No, uh, you are you are not the person, the way you're wired, you're not the person to do that. You're, you're a, a prepared planner. You're somebody who, uh, you know, has to be thoughtful and deliberative. So understanding that is critical so if you're listening to this and you're thinking all right so how do i employ this in my business it's simple follow these five steps to sell anybody anything step number one what are the goals of the person or you could phrase it another way what problem are they trying to solve right understanding so what are your goals what problem are you trying to solve Step number two, why is solving this problem or why is achieving this goal important to you personally? Why is this important to you personally? Understanding that. Also, by the way, that's demonstrating empathy too so that you can relate to them. And then step number three, what has held you back? Why haven't you achieved that to this point? What's held you back? What's, what's kept you from, from doing this? Now, why is that important in the sales process? Well, you wanna show that you can remove that barrier, but also, you don't want to make that mistake with this person and you don't want to communicate using the language or taking the same type of stance that someone or something that has held this person back has taken. And then number four, how will achieving this or removing this, how will this change your life or how will it impact you personally? And then number five, asking, do you, do you want help? Do you want help? Now, all five of these things are assuming that you've already established authority, believability, and credibility. So all five of these things can only take place when you're an expert in the area the person could use help in, and they recognize that you're an expert. You have conveyed some sort of believability that you, you have a solution that they can actually do. That's what believability is. And then finally, credibility that you're the one, you're the person, you're the you're the Yoda that can that can help them uh, do what they need to do in order to in order to get to the place where they want to go. But that's the five step process, and you can use it to convince your kids to do things. You can use it to influence your employees. You can use it to get your friends to do what's important to them. And once you internalize it, it's not something that you even, it's an external orientation that you have. It's not something that you even have to think about because it's part of who you are. What do you think? So have, 
having been the person on the receiving end of this very strategic plan I'm learning, um, let me share with you that it is good for me and it was always going to be good for you too. So for both of us, this has from the get-go was something that was going to deliver value to both of us and build something great together. So when you're thinking about who you're approaching and what your objective is, you know, and we go back to this sometimes, it's about making sure you've got that clarity of purpose. You know, you know that you're providing something that's going to be valuable and beneficial to the person on the other end, and they're going to be every bit as satisfied as the person sitting here delivering this story to you today. Well, and thinking about it this way, this is not manipulation. It's not even influence. It's getting people, getting people to be a part of something that you believe will really be good for them. The, the thing that I have to stress is this only works, it only works if there is a great deal of passion and conviction on the part of the person who is offering the help and the services. If I didn't believe that I could legitimately help Nicola, this would never have, Nicola's too smart. It never would have worked. I could never manipulate Nicola into doing something that she wouldn't want to do. I, she just, she just wouldn't, she's not that type of person. She's not some rube who just fell off a turnip truck. Tell me if I'm wrong, Nicola. It was as much the conviction and the passion that I had for, and I continue to have, for helping you that makes this work. Without that, this whole thing falls apart. Absolutely. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, folks. That's the five-step sales process you can use to make things happen in your life and in your world. Thank you so much for joining us today. What more can be said? <laughs> we appreciate you. And if you want to return the favor, here's what you can do. Right now, take this episode and share it with a friend. Send it over to somebody else, another business owner, because if you do, you might just help them change their business, make it better, or even change their life. This five-step process, it's changed my life. It could change yours too. So share it with a friend, share it with a business owner. It's good karma for you and it will help them succeed in ways they could never imagine. Until tomorrow, I'm Dave Lorenzo. I'm the godfather of growth, and she is... We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Thanks for joining us.